Good afternoon, Colin Hepburn, on this glorious Saturday afternoon to talk badminton. <laughs> well, that's about the only thing you can do these days because you certainly can't. Uh, well, it, well, that's exactly right. And there's been a lot of talk. You're going to have to get on the YouTube and uh, catch up. There's been uh, I think 52 interviews to date um, within since January. And actually, it all started, you know, because at the beginning of January, I thought when Nicola Sturgeon announced in January that there's going to be new lockdown, I thought I, mm -hmm. I sell Xerox for a living. And I thought, I'm going to get furloughed here. I could see it coming a mile away. I thought, I'm going to get furloughed in, in January. And if I do it again, because I was furloughed three months last year, so I'm going to go absolutely insane if I don't find something to do. Um, so I thought, you know, I'll start just interviewing three friends. And um, I think one of the, my first, one of my first good friend, Pete Hardy, I know you know him, um, Junior. Um, Aslan um, Butchikola is a good friend in Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, so I started really with close friends just to kind of, I had started thinking about badminton and why I loved it and why I started playing it and that kind of thing. You know, you sometimes you analyze yourself, don't you? Mm -hmm. You think, what? How, did I, how did I end up playing badminton? And then I start thinking, God, I know some amazing people and everywhere I go, I play badminton and no matter what, if I'm getting thumped or whatever, I go and I meet people. I always like them, you know. I always like badminton players. There's just something, I don't know what it is. I've, I've just always liked them. And I, I also think, I think I was, a, a few years ago, Colin, I, I recorded the, uh, an evening tournament with Suzanne um, Zwani and uh, she she was I just went and I recorded and I walked along the side of the corner I, I asked a few people what they thought and how they enjoyed the badminton and had they played in the tournament before and there was all sorts of people from all over all areas as they're doing these things and I thought do you know I started thinking do you know I thought I could I could quite I quite enjoy doing that <laughs> I actually quite enjoy doing that and I could probably do that for um so I started that thought, oh, I'll just ask a few people. And so I made these basic questions that I sent you through. Um, yeah. So it's, it really yeah. just starts with that. I mean, the, the principle of it is just about how somebody got into it. And that's the questions I asked myself, first of all, really. And, uh, and that's, how I, that's, how I, that's how I really started. But if you, if you look on the YouTube, just look for Talk Badminton. Go to you, YouTube and do a search for Talk Badminton and you'll find it. And it's, it's amazing how it's, um, yeah. How it's how it ah it's just because you know yeah so I talked to Pete Hardy and Pete Hardy thinks you know we have a good chat and all that stuff and and in talking reminiscing you remember people that you play with and played with um, back at back in the day and people that you knew and all of those things and why you started playing and who was your motivation and all of these questions that I'll come to with you and you start questioning and then before you know it you know you've, you you post it on Facebook and people are looking saying God do you remember that guy. And remember that guy, and Bob, they're your friends, right? So you start sharing it to your friends. God, do you remember this conversation? Do you remember this chat? Do you remember this minibus? Do you remember this whatever it was? And uh, and yeah, just it's just yeah, and and even the the you know the, a lot of the kind of elite players, the Scottish national players have, have been on, and um, Welsh national players, and I had the chief executive for Badminton Ireland on on Thursday. And and Dan and Daniel McGee, oh, I don't know if you know the McGee family in Ireland. Um, they, yeah. So they, yeah. so Daniel, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, is it is one of them called Brian? Uh, no, the Brian ones that, well, uh, the, to be fair, there could be. There's eight of them. Um, the one of eight. So so Chloe's the el Chloe, I think is now she's not the eldest. Chloe's the she was a single, an exceptional singles player, and she went on to be. Um, 
mixed doubles. So she plays with her brother, Sam McGee, which I think is quite unusual as well in itself. Um, so there's there's Chloe started, then she was when she came kind of came through to to an age. She said, right, I'm going to go to Sweden, and then so I interviewed. I didn't interview her, but interestingly, I interviewed Sam, who's a doubles partner, who's a couple of years younger, who, you know, at the same time, so there's eight of them growing up in this tiny, tiny town in Rafu and, and, and Donegal. Um, and the, what's that? Do you? I know. Do you? Because we, we actually went with uh, a badminton lot from Never. Musselburgh. Yes, and one of the guys in the, in the badminton uh, is a lovely guy called yes. Ian Torrance, and uh, they, uh, they they have all these little cliques in Ireland that play in That's church right. halls and stuff like that. And and uh, he said, uh, "We'll book a hotel in <laughs> Rafo." Of course, we'd never heard of it, you know. And we got and we got to Rafo, and and I think the biggest thing, as we could see, it's like. It's got a square, like a centre square, and the houses round about it. And I think the, I think that. Spa, spa, right? Okay, I mean it's spa. Spa's not there now. Every, yes, it's Sainsbury's and stuff like. That. Anyway, long and short, uh, we ended up in this place for a four, and I had nothing oh. going for it at all. Mm. And on the Friday night, um, they said, right, there's a disco on tonight. Um, we'll go to a disco. And I thought, how can there be a disco in this place? I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's got a church and a spa, a grocer shop, and that's it, you know. And anyway, the long and short of it was, uh, we all get chains and ready, and then, up past seven, we traipsed down, and we walked along to the end of the square and just around the corner and round another wee corner. And then this place opened up, and it was massive. It was like an Brilliant. aircraft hangar. And I couldn't believe it. And there was bouncers outside the door. I thought, I can't believe this. <laughs> so we went, we went into this place, and I'm... I'm not exaggerating when I say this. There must have been a thousand no people. A th and apparently what they do is from all the surrounding towns on a Friday or Saturday night, they all head for reform. Really? And I thought to myself, everybody's coming in a car and everybody is absolutely legless in this place. So how are they going to get back? How are they going to get back? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you how big it was. They had three stages Whoa. in the place. All the bands were set up in this on the stages. So when one band finished, another band took over on the other stage, and then and then when they finished, the other stage was all set up and they took over. That's Whoa. how big the well, place was. Well, I will look forward to seeing Daniel McGee and the McGee family commenting on this video, and I'm gonna we'll find out what the name of that nightclub was because. Clearly, there's nothing to do in Rafo, but go to the nightclub or play bab. <laughs> I just could not believe how many people were in this place. And did you play in Rafo? Uh, no, I think we. I think we. Uh, well, we did actually. We played did in, in the, the church hall. Church. <laughs> Was that? 
and the church hall and the folk. Uh, but then we we had a um, a, a kind of um, a challenge match against, and I can't remember. It's one of the small towns away from there. We had to maybe travel for an right. hour or something like that. And then we had a, a, a challenge match against him. And then we had a challenge match against another lot as well. So, and who were you with? Weekend, just a super week. It was Muscle, muscle was that Bar- really? Barrington Club. Just a wee, just a wee Barrington Club. And, and how did and how did you end up? How did you end up going to Ireland, Colin? Why? Pardon? Why did you end up going to Ireland? Who organised it? Your volume is. Oh, isn't it? Who's who's organised it? Who organised it? The the Irish guy, guy called. All oh, right. Lawrence. Okay. Wow. I'm trying to oh, get you lost it. Are you not hearing me? I am. Uh, the, uh, is it? Oh, that's it's coming and going. Okay. Apologies. Yeah. The thing with the badminton community, everybody knows everybody else. Yes. The good players. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. Well, if you look, if you, you'll need to go online now and have a look at the McGee family uh daniel's interview sam's interview and joshua's interview joshua is a singles player samuel is a is a mixed doubles player um and chloe i haven't interviewed chloe yet but so so you've got samuel who's a mixed doubles player who's in the national team who plays with the sister chloe who's in swiss who's the swiss just back just come back from the swiss now about to go on to the all england and so i've interviewed sam mcgee first and then joshua mcgee Who's in the All England for the men's doubles um, with his new with his new double men's doubles partner? Um, and I interviewed Daniel McGee, who is the the high performance the high performance director for Badminton Island. So I interviewed him all about coaching techniques and that kind of thing, um, which was fascinating. Um, and the, and then I went on to the chief exec of Badminton Island about you know how how it's organised and kind of the COVID side of things and all of these kind of how how it's affected Badminton as well. But fascinating. And it, by the way, Ireland's got the best I would say the best infrastructure for badminton development I've ever heard of. I've never heard anything. When you hear this in, those two interviews, Daniel and um, and David McGill. They've got it down. That that you know that island. That island has got it down. They know what they're doing. Um, so by way of mm-hmm. developing players and bringing on people from all ages, all ages, Colin, amazing. Um, so anyway, yeah. let's let me get on the questions with you then, if that's okay. Um, so can I can I take your full name, Colin? Just Colin Heaven, is it? Is that middle names? That's it. Colin Heaven. And where do you live, Colin? Now is it? Are you in Musselburgh now? Is that where you live? Edinburgh. Oh, dear, in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Dear, oh, nice. Um, and what age are you? 75. 75, well, good. So similar age to Eddie O'Neill. Do you know him? Oh, it's not good. It's not good <laughs> It is all. good. It is good. You couldn't take it back. I'm I'm 50 now, and I wouldn't want to go back to being 20 and all that stuff. That was just trouble. Uh, I, was always, I was always skin. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, it was terrible. Um, so... Yeah, do you know Eddie O'Neill as well, then? Because he was from East Lothian way. Do you know him? Eddie O'Neill. Now, now you have to understand, yes. I never started playing badminton until I was 40 years Did old. Did you? Uh, and, and for the first nine years, I only played socially. And I, I mean, not with really good badminton players, just guys who could just enjoy it socially. Yes. 
And then when I got when I got to forty nine, yes. uh, I, I thought to myself, I enjoy this game so much that it would be nice to actually play it properly. Um, so I phoned up uh, phoned up this guy, an older guy called Robbie Robertson, who now stays in Scotland somewhere. And uh, Robbie was a awful nice guy. And when I phoned him up, and he said, "You don't mind me asking you, what age are you?" <laughs> and I said, "I'm 49." He said, "Why do you want to get coached at 49?" And I, I said, "Because I love the game." I said, "But I'm very frustrated because I see other people playing, good players, you know." And I said. I couldn't do that if my life depended on it. So, and he said, okay. So long and short of it was, he said, come down to Medibank, he says, and we'll have a look at you. So after we did about an hour's uh, um, kind of coaching, he said at the end of it, he said, well, look, you're really fit. He said, and that's a huge thing in badminton. He said, your skill level is absolutely hopeless. He says, but I can teach, I can teach you enough it will get you into a good club, he said. And then once you get into a good club, he said, you'll be off really? from there. He said, the most important thing, he said, you're really fit. He said, and that, if you weren't fit, there's nothing I could do about it. He said, but you are fit. So he said, that's fine. So that's exactly what happened. He coached me for six months, once a week, uh, and then eventually got into a club at Medibank, and uh, who were just about probably the best club in town, actually. And uh, I, I kind of scraped in because the boss man there, uh, he said at the end of the night, he said, how do you think you got on? I said, well, I, was, I said, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to go in the court with any of these guys. I said, but there is a couple of guys that I think to myself with a wee bit of practice, I think I could be as good as him and maybe say a couple of months. And he said, okay. Okay, he says, uh, he said, you can come in then. And uh, his name is Ian Campbell. Yes. And Ian's, uh, Ian, I think, has taken the presidency of uh, thingy, uh, Scottish Badminton yeah. for two years, you know. He said, and he's been in Badminton all his life, you know. So anyway, the, the end of the story was... Um, I was in the club and I did I did get much better. And then people said to me, "You should think about the uh, the vets badminton, because the vets badminton is really really good fun. You take it serious, but the camaraderie that they have is not uh, nearly as intense as the young ones." So I said, "Okay." So I turned up at my first international uh, competition, and when I walked in, everybody looked. As if to say, who's he? Because you have to understand that all the good guys that played when they were young, they carried on right through. Of course. And they all know each other. So when I walked into the hall, it was like, who's this guy? Never seen him before in my life. And I was obviously Scottish, you know. So they said, where do you play? And how long do you play? You know. And they all knew uh -huh. each other, of course, because in these big competitions, it's the same faces that turn up all the time. Same faces all the time. And I now understand why it is, because if you know somebody's a really good player, you think you almost think, well, what's the point in going in for the... And not me. This is not me. But a lot of people think 
if you if you if you're not going to win, if you're not going to win, what's up? I see that all the time. And it frustrates yeah. the hell out of me. I I want to go in every competition I can go in, and I'm not bothered about getting absolutely thumped. And um, I just love to play and compete. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing about the vets thing is, that, you know, when I played in a club, I was playing against guys who were like 22, 23 years old. And, of course, they were young and they were 100 miles an hour. With the best one in the world when you're, you know, 50 odds, you're never going to be able to play at the same speed. But what they did was they, they dragged me up and they made my game so much better so that when I played against them on a club night, when I actually went along to the international vets competitions, the vets do it in right. five-year categories. So you start off at 35, you're a, you're a vet at 35, 35 to 40, 40 to 45, 45, right up to 70. And you're playing against people right. of your own age. And it makes yeah, a huge difference, a massive difference. And, even, and I have proved this, that, that, that sometimes I've, I've played down a category. So maybe I've been, say, 55, and I've played 55, but I think I'll go in for the 50s <laughs> as well. I'll tell you, there is a huge difference. And you, and you would think, you get to 55 or 50, well, it's sort of, they kind of say, <laughs> well, I can assure you, it's, it's and and the, the problem is, if, if supposing you're maybe say 58 or 59, that's you in that 55 to 60 category. If you play in the down a category in the over 50s, somebody could just be 50 in say six months. So there could almost be a 10 year disparity between the two. So somebody could be just over 50 and somebody could be just nearly 60. So if you play down a category, you, you're giving them 10 years. And with the good guys, that's too much. And how angry do you get? How frustrated do you get? Like when you're getting, are you very, very passionate about it still? Are you very passionate about it? Jeez. You know, when you're playing against, when I, I'm 50 and I still play and I lo- you know, if I'm losing against somebody in their 20s, it doesn't bother me. They're just... I, but I do get angry, you know. I do get quite, quite angry, and I, I don't see as I get older. I don't seem to be kind of getting any easier on that front. Do you think that? I, I, I mean, some people just say, oh, it's only a game, isn't it?" I don't have that. I still really feel it. Oh, yeah. You just need to go along to one of these <laughs> Western. Oh yeah. They're all very pally. They're all very pally. Uh, and people have come up and shake hands and cuddle all the, as when we used to be able to shake hands yes, and cuddle yes. and do all that. So, uh, but when they get on the court, when they get in the court, oh, oh, oh do they want to win? It's, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> but the win, the we know, the no cheating or anything like that. But they are full really? on. I mean, they really, really do want to win. But at the end of it. It'll be the handshake and it'll be genuine and like you did really well to win there and blah, blah, blah. So the the camaraderie is better for the older ones because they don't have this hang-up about if I don't win this, I'm not going to get a sponsor for next year kind of thing, you know. it's it's They're not on that knife edge, yeah. you know. But when they get in the court, they really do pull all the stops. Out. Who's your partner? Who's your partner? Uh, a chap called David Barr. Right, oh, I don't know. And David, 
David Barr was president was president president for a couple of years in the Scottish Parliament. Was it? And he's been playing. He's been playing since goodness knows, since uh, I think he was a boy. I don't know, nine years old or something. Like that. He's played it right through. A very good. Colin White. Very, very good. Question: Why did you go? Why did you? Why did you start playing badminton? Why did you go? When you're 40, why did you go? <laughs> my mother-in-law, who's... I need to watch with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law, who is a terrible snob, and she's English, and when she was staying in the house with us, she said... We're going to play badminton this afternoon. Would you care to join us? And I thought, badminton? Badminton? <laughs> I wouldn't say what I thought, but I'm thinking, I don't know if that's for me or not. But I was a very, I was a very good table tennis Were player. Were you? When I was really? Younger. Yeah. I got coached by a world champion. Did when you? I was, when I was about eight or nine years old, yeah. And it gives you this, uh, the bat and ball. Uh, hand eye. To eye coordination. Uh, so when she said badminton, I said, yeah, I'll play. She said, now, obviously, you won't be any good at it, but you can come <laughs> along for a short Yeah, and, and sure enough, she did beat me the first game. And, and I thought, hmm. Where was that, Colin? Where did you go? She beat me. We, we went to Meadowbank. was okay. Went back and, and we played a game and she beat me the first game and I thought, this is rubbish. Now, I didn't find any problem hitting the shuttle with the racket. There was no problem there. Uh, but I just didn't know how to play, you know. Uh, anyway, um, luckily enough for me, there was four guys on the next court and they were really quite good players. And when I saw them playing, I thought, that looks really good really? fun. I mean, they were hitting the thing really yeah. hard, the big defence and the thing was good. And I thought, that was really good fun, you know. So luckily enough, I knew one of the guys who was playing. And when he came off, he said, oh, big Colin, blah, blah, blah. Um, he said, how are you doing? And I said, oh, you're into badminton? I said, no, no. I said, this is the hmm. first time I've held a racket. I said, but what you guys are doing? I said, it's really good. It looks really good fun. He said, ah, yeah, we've been doing it for a few years now. You know? And uh, he said, well... If you want to come down on a Saturday, he said, there's five of us play. So every fourth match, somebody sits out. He says, and if I sat out, he said, you and I could go on an empty court and knock about and I'll show you a few things. So fast forward, uh, maybe two months, three months, something like that. He said, I think you're probably good enough to play with mm -hmm. us now. So, uh, so I said, OK. So I did. And there was a couple of guys who were there, and they thought, this is ridiculous. He's only played for three months. He's not good enough to play with us. But in actual fact, I was. Because of the hand-tie thing, yeah. it was easy for me. Who was that Who yeah. was that, that introduced you then? Who was that guy? You know this? I can't even remember his Wowzers. name. Wowzers. I can't, I can't, he wasn't a good friend. He was just a, he was an acquaintance. Um to let you understand, uh, I also play in a pop band, really? and I have done that all my life. Really? <laughs> so he knew me from playing in really? a pop band, and yeah, that's when he came. But across. you don't, you don't, you and, don't know who that was. But, uh, no, no idea who it was. No idea who and, it was. I've never, and I have never laid eyes on the guy since we finished playing. Uh, 
30 years ago. Wow, wow. That is absolutely amazing, that, isn't it? But, that, but that, was, that was my introduction. Now, if these four guys hadn't been in the court, I would never have taken up Barbara. I know. Simple exactly that. right. That's what I'm saying. All of the people, everybody I've interviewed, there is an individual that is instrumental. And, yeah. you know, no matter what age, it's somebody that's, you know, I, I've interviewed. If you look on YouTube and you'll see this, it always the same. It always goes back to the very beginning from, and people in their 50s are remembering when they were eight and nine. And you ask them what first trophy they won when and they were eight. I won a junior such and such. And I've still got it upstairs in my loft. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I missed out. Unfortunately, I missed out on all that stuff. But everybody does, you know, different things in of their course. life. And uh, I, I was very, very sporty when I was at school. Yeah. And then when I was 15 and a half, I picked up a guitar. Right. And that was it. And it's been downhill. <laughs> <laughs> was it drink and smoke? Was <laughs> drink and smoke and rock and roll? I'd, I used to say to people, you know, you've got drink, uh, you can smoke when you're on the stage, you're doing something that you really love doing. There's loads and loads of females there. <laughs> and at the end, I said, and at the end of it, you get paid. How good, how good is that? <laughs> I said, there can't be any other job like that. Wow. Do you know a guy called Bill Fleming? Bill Fleming, yeah, Bill Fleming, yeah. yeah. And he's muscle. And do you know he's a mad table tennis player? He's a mad table tennis player. Bill does all the sports. He does but all he's, the he's, I've played table tennis with him and he's exceptional. You should you should go you should yeah. go to the bit that he goes to must I think it's on a I wanna say it's on a Tuesday. It is on it's on a Tuesday night. He plays in the church hall in the middle of Musselburgh. There's a table tennis club in the old church hall in Musselburgh and the stand well, the stand was it's a good hall, really popular. But Bill's got an incredible serve. He's uh, he's an incredible table tennis player. He's um yeah. He's just one of these people with spin and he had I think he had like ten bats with all the different rubbers on for different different spins so he knew who he was playing against and what spin to apply and where their weakness was and ah oh, just the science of it was incredible and he said do you know something i said he said he said that what i'm going to do is i'm going to serve to you right and he says i'm going to catch the ball in this hand right in this hand right out here he says what i'm going to do i'm going to serve to you and i'm going to catch that ball here right <laughs> So, so I was like, oh, come on, but what, what are you on about? So anyway, so he serves and obviously applies a spin to it and it just leaves my bat and it's over here and he scores it. I'm like, that is incredible. It's a science, right? Yeah. It's a yeah. science. Yeah. Great, great yeah. serve. Hats off the battle was getting the serve back. You couldn't get the serve back, let alone anything else. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, when I finished playing uh, table tennis, I was, I would be about 13 at the time. Really? And uh, it was it was completely different the way you played it because the rubber was very, very thin. It just had pimples yes, I remember, on it. I remember that. So, 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 so when you did a, a forehand, it was a massive stroke. Yes. It was a huge stroke. I, 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 you know, it was... It way was back very, here. Very akin, yeah, very akin to tennis. But, of course, now it's all wrist. Yes. It's very, very quick, and the rubbers on the thing, as you say, there's any amount of different uh, rubbers on them. And quite honestly, I I would be lucky if I got one point against. I love it though. People. I love it. I do. To be fair, I, I I actually 
I really like table tennis. It's good. And it's a good workout. You know, if you go to, I went to, I, I did for a while go for a table. There's a couple of clubs in Peebles and I went to one in Peebles and I actually really enjoy it. And you go for an hour and you sweat. The sweat you come, you would, you, you wouldn't believe how much sweat you could do playing table tennis. It's an incredible sport. I know it's a very, very fast. And, and what it does, it was probably the best thing for me actually, because it teaches you uh, the the speed of the yes. speed of a table tennis yes. ball coming across is even must be even faster than that. No idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So let's. I'm going to go back to your question. So where where's your home area? Where are you from originally, Colin? Edinburgh. Always been. Always been Edinburgh. Good. And yep. do you have any brothers or sisters? Just got one brother who stays in France. Oh, really? Now. Nice. And is he into sports as well? Was he ever into badminton or anything like that, or table tennis or anything? Or was any of your family into badminton at all, even? No. Nothing. No, 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 no. Absolutely nothing. Uh, and the age, I'm going to go through the questions. The age when he first played was 40. That's it. Was that 40 exactly? That's incredible. Um, why did you start playing? I've covered that. Do you remember your first racket of you, that you bought? You know, when you were 40 and you went to that, you went to, you obviously went to the hall. What kind of racket did you get? Do you remember? I think it was a cheap Yonix one. Was it, was it from Gannon? Yes, it was. I. It was. Great. Uh, and so the first club you went to was that Western, was it? Musabra. Was it Musabra? Uh, no, a big pun. A big pun. It was actually Preston Lodge. Oh, was it? And Preston Lodge, Preston Lodge is, is no longer in existence, but it used to play a place called Meadow Mill. Oh, I know that. And Trinan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good hall, actually. I played there quite a lot with. Uh, with uh, the Camerons and uh, with Fiona and James, Jason and Neil and quite a lot of these. Well, funny enough, I've, I've just finished playing. Well, not I hope we're not mm -hmm. finished, but the last uh, group of people that I played with was in uh, um, St. Uh, uh, Queen Margaret's University. Oh, is that right? I, I used to go there, yeah. With Jason yeah, and Neil. Just up the road. So we had a wee kind of maybe... Half a dozen of yes. us, and uh, Neil, uh, Neil, and his son. Uh, Jason, that's it. right. Yeah, and Jason. you will have met a lot of my friends. I was going to that club for a while. I used to go to that club, but it just wasn't handy for the time. Um, but it was, yeah, yeah. It's a nice. It was a good crowd, isn't it? You must have met. I think. I think I might have looked at you, John Vick. I know you. You know him. He's played at that. John Vick. Um, yeah, that I know. John Vick. Yeah. John Vick, you might there. you might know him from the from the music side of things, do you? Do you know what he does for a living? And I know, yes, I know he does it all that for a living. I've never been to his studio actually. I have, and I kept. I've actually said to him, you know, one of these times I must come out to your studio and let me see what you've done. It's amazing. Because I think mm. it, I I think he does a lot of uh, kind of sound stuff for uh, for. Uh, um, videos uh, for uh, telly and stuff That's like right. that. I think he does. Yeah, he does. He's. I've been down to his studio and he was doing a really interesting um, a vi uh, um, sound for. I think at the time it was somebody who was doing a whiskey commercial and there was something about a ball, a football bouncing on 
various surfaces. They were bouncing on uh, on mm. cobbles, and then it was on a barrel, and then it was on a such and such. And he he basically simulated mm. all the sound, you know, and just that's all he yeah. what he does, you know. He makes sound. He puts sound together. Yeah. But yeah, incredible, incredibly talented. And that you know, he's got just got one of these guys with a unbelievable. Um, talent you know just an unbelievable an ear an unbelievable ear that's what i would say um so that was your first club that's good but to, to shuttles to, did you start with feather with when you went to, to meadow bank with a plane with feathers or plastic shuttles uh, plastic shuttles yeah and so that was when i was playing socially but the first proper club yes was that was that and they um so what was it? What was the name of your first coach? The coach guy that you went to, Robbie. What was that? Robbie Robertson. Robbie Robertson. Robbie Robertson. He, he's, he now stays away up, way up north somewhere, and he coaches at one of the schools. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. He's not related to Ali Robertson. Do you know Alistair Robertson? I do know Alistair Robertson. No, he's no relation. Mm -hmm. Not. Um, okay, here's the one. Your first ever tournament. And trophy. First ever tournament, I think, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the evening news. The Edinburgh evening tournament, one of them. Or was it evening? Oh, was that? Evening news, was that? Edinburgh evening, yeah, yeah. But it has all changed now because it's a, it's a different format now. And last time I went to see it, I think it was about a couple of years ago, it went down. Players are really good. I mean, they're really, really yeah. good. Uh, but when when I did it, they had two different categories. They had the the good guys, and they had they had the not so good guys like huh. me, uh, which was, which was good in a way because it meant if you really weren't in the the super duper class, you could go in for the the kind of B category, so to speak, you know. And then you would you would play against people who were similar similar. Um, um, uh, level to you, you know. But now I think it's all in one level, and it's a really, really good guy from the best clubs. Where was it? Where did London? you go? In Medibank. Was that? Mm -hmm. So I think it's always been in Medibank. Yeah. Well, in my time. Yeah. I mean. um, what was the most? Have you always been? What about mixed doubles? I did. I did when when I when I won something, and I can't remember what it was. It was just a wee medal for, I don't know, first or second or something like that, and and made a bank. Uh, it, and it was mixed doubles actually uh, that I played. Um, but then af after that, um, I started to play singles and uh, men's. Doubles. It's interesting. You've never played in the league. I played in the league. Oh, have you ever about Edinburgh? In the in the, in the Edinburgh League, um, I think they had uh, four four divisions, uh, three divisions maybe. I think they had, but now they have many more divisions now. And I think it's a guy called That's right. Greg. I, I Greg don't know Broadband. This guy, yeah, he's doing very well. I believe he's, he's doing. Too. He's doing it. He's, he's got he's, an academy. He's, he's yeah, his group are doing great work. No question about that. Um, mm -hmm. Your first. What about, um, did you ever play singles? Yeah, yeah. I've had a few. 
Yeah, yeah. I've done a few European uh, things in singles, and uh, they they have to let you understand in the seniors badminton. <laughs> we call it seniors, but it used to be called veterans. But I think they've kind of seniors sounds better, you know. <laughs> in seniors badminton, they have about three big competitions. Uh, one is the is the WBF. Uh, the other one is the European WBF, and the other one is called the World's Masters. Now, there's three entirely different competitions. Uh, and the, the problem with these all these things is you have to, when you're a senior, you pay for everything off your own back. They don't even, they don't even give you a T-shirt in Scotland. It's... Pretty drastic, actually. You know, it's a bit of a shame because you're, re you know, you're older, but you're still yes. representing your country. And it'd be quite nice if they gave you something and you could go on the court and, and it said it had a, you know, bona fide Scotland T-shirt. But we had to get our own T-shirts and we had to get them printed with Scotland on the back, which I thought was a bit sad. You know? But if you if you go to one of these competitions, especially the World's Masters, uh, they have them in all different uh, countries. So I've been away in, I've played in New Zealand and Australia and Italy and France. Played, but what, what the vets tend to do is they will make of a course. holiday out of it as well. So they'll, they'll go and play badminton for a week and then tag on a week. Or I played in Canada, for instance. Uh, the guy that I was playing with, uh, he tagged on an extra three weeks and did all the Rockies and all that stuff, you know. So, it, it, I mean, it's great fun because you, you're playing the sport that you love and then after the, 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 the sport thing is finished, you Absolutely. go and have a holiday after it. Uh, it's just tremendous. But it does cost you. Oh, yeah. I'd, Im I'd imagine that it's not, it's not paid for like, a, like the juniors. I, I guess they... I guess they... Well, you get nothing at all. Yeah. And it, 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 it kind of irks a wee bit because I know for a fact Scottish badminton have actually they've got quite a bit think, of money. I think I think they disagree with that, but let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they would disagree with that, but okay. Uh, let's move on to so, so a less uh, controversial subject. <laughs> I, can, I, I can assure you they have the money, but they channel the money. Into Colin, you can say that I can't. Okay, so <laughs> who is your main competition? Do you remember who your first competition was that, that drove you? And don't tell me your mother-in-law. <laughs> who was your, your main competition to beat? Did you have anybody that drove you every week to get better? And it sounds like this guy that's kind of invited you onto court, it, it kind of pushed you to be good enough to be able to play with them regularly. And then you kind of... Was that fair to say, do you think? <clears throat> It was the the big the big uh, the, uh, the right the guy Robbie Patterson for six months. Robbie Rob yeah Robbie Robertson lovely guy really really yeah. lovely guy yeah he he used to teach badminton at Forrester's right. High School now he said to me if you like to come down to Meadowbank at half past twelve every Wednesday I'll coach you and unbeknown to me. He didn't have a car. He used to get the bus down from Forrester's High School, which is a fair trek, down to Meadowbank, teach me for an hour, 
and then get the bus back wow. to Forrester's High School again. And I didn't know that for until months later. Wow. So I, I owe this guy a, a huge debt of gratitude. I really do. And then he said at the end of it, um, he said, uh, Ian Campbell in the Western Badminton Club, which was probably about the best in Edinburgh at the time. And he said, uh, I'll have a word with him and say, I've got this guy here who I think would do well in your club, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's all the old pals act, you know. So uh, he said that. And he also said to me, Dan Travers does a course every year. It's a five five day course. In the cloud. He said, uh, he said you, you would do well to, to go there. He said, I think it would be of immense benefit to you. Yeah. So we did. Uh, I did that. And uh, him and I became really, really good friends. Because I don't know if a lot of people, well, certainly the vets know this. Dan's a very good singer. Is he? He's a very, he's a multi-talented <laughs> guy. He is a very, he really is a very good singer. And uh, <clears throat> when I was at Inverclyde, uh, it just so happened that uh, after we'd finished today's badminton, and it's, I tell you what, it's a hard day because it goes from nine o'clock to twelve o'clock. You get about an hour. I think an hour or an hour and a half of for lunch, and then you're back in the afternoon for three about a three-hour session in the afternoon, and then you go and get tea, and then after tea there's a two-hour really? session at night. Brilliant. So come to absolutely on your knees. But then what happens then is you go down to the bar, and everybody uh, you know has a pint and whatnot. Well, it just so happened there was a piano down there. And of course, a piano is like it's a magnet, a yeah. magnet, like you know, yeah. So I kind of sat down the piano and and I started playing away. And Dan came across. He said, "I didn't know you played the piano." I said, "I said, well, that's what I do." I said, "I've played in bands all my life, you know." Oh, I said, "Can you play such and such?" I said, "Yeah, no problem." So I played it, and oh, that's great. Can you do this? Can you do this? Long and short of it is him and I hit off. You know, really, really well because he loved singing. Uh, so he used to sit on the left hand side of the piano, and I used to play. And before, and it developed from there until I got a big PA system, and and I got my synthesizer, and I got a Bose system, and all the rest. And and then, uh, yeah, and then I had the I had the karaoke. I had the words typed on the television, you know. So so when we put and. Before Inver Clyde was knocked down, um, we used to, and all the Danes uh, used to, there were loads and loads of Danes used to come across and bloody Russians and everything, all the, all the rest of it, you know. And uh, I used to go on the piano and play. All of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, the badminton is secondary. <laughs> well, no, I was here for the badminton. I didn't want to play the piano because, you know, that's what I do anyway. <laughs> But I knew they were having such a good time. I thought, well, I've got this wee bit of talent. Why don't I, you know, I can of course. share about it. And if, if everybody has a good time, then that's all I'm interested it's in. All, I don't want to do, don't want to do the great I am. I just want everybody to have a good time. Absolutely. That's brilliant. There was one, time, there was one time where 
they were actually standing on top of the tables singing, <laughs> We are the champions. <laughs> <laughs> on top of the tables. There's a drink on the table. I mean, it would be stupid, you know. <laughs> so, I, That's so good. People, people say to me, We don't come for the badminton, you know, we just come for the nights out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, so I'm going to go up the current questions because I, I, I could talk to you all night. Uh, what club or clubs you play now? Uh, so, with Western really is the last, the most recent club you played at was Western, right? It's funny because. It's funny because I, I I I go to the tournaments and that kind of thing, and I always I've seen you, I've seen you a lot in tournaments. I've played in several tournaments where you you're that guy that's kind of Ian Dixon, you know, kind of just there, right? Just watching, organizing clubs, looking at the new talent coming through, and that kind of thing, which is just brilliant. I think I, I think I might have seen you at the well, whenever there's an evening tournament, I go to the quite a lot of those. And you're often at these things, aren't you? I think you, you quite often go to the to these, don't you? Um, so it's funny that it's funny that I've never spoken to you before, you know. Yeah, I've never no played in the evening because uh, the young the young guys from Western are just far good for me to uh, uh, to go. Twenty five years. I know. I know. There's some exceptional. There are some exceptional players. I, I interviewed one of the first interviews with Stuart Fans. Interviewed him, and he's up from up from. Uh, do you know Stuart Fans? You do know him. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I interviewed. Him. He was one of the first. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and I've and, and Suzanne. I've interviewed Suzanne as well. She was one of the first. Suzanne, yeah. She come on a bundle. Yeah. She really. Is. And, she was a good player. But, uh, but she has come on a lot now, and I think last time she's because she plays oh, the she? vets. Yeah, now, you know? does she? Yeah, because I think her first years on the vets were maybe a couple of years ago, and she was does really she? quite nervous about it. Uh, but anyway, she she won. She, she actually won. I uh, and the Scottish vets, I tell you, the Scottish vets are very very good. And yeah. they really, are I look good. forward to being. It sounds like you guys have got it down. To be fair, the competitiveness but enjoyment and I can see myself at that level I think I've just I kind of all the way through my 30s 40s I've now just turned 50 so I think I could go to these things now um I think I uh, well I'll tell you what you would honestly I guarantee you I know I know have a great time you will yeah, sounds great fantastic uh okay so what's your current racket Current racket's a, a nano speed. Um, no, no, that's a popular racket, by the way. From all the people I've interviewed, that's very popular. Nano speed. And do you still buy from Gannon? Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, do you know what tension you play with? Twenty-two pounds. Twenty-two pounds. That's a that's a that's a touch player. That is touch, right? If if. I mean, I think the, the general reason behind it is if, if you get it strung very tight, that's good, but you have to have the strength to move the strings. If you don't have the strength to move the string, yes. it's like hitting it with a board. Yes. Uh, when you go older, you don't have the strength, so you need the strings to be slacker so that the, the, the shuttle comes out and then it catapults it back out. That's the behind it. What kind of grip do you use? Do you, do you rubber grips or, uh, or or string ones? You know, you get the string ones. Do you use them or it's rubber? The uh, super grab things. Yeah. Just 
super super graph. That's what that's what I use as well. Some people still like that string. Have you ever tried that? It's for good fun. It's actually I, I'm going to do it. I think when I go back, I'm going to try that. All the good players seem to do it, so I think I'm going to try it. And I'm um, I'm uh, I'm that guy. Um, all the gear but no idea. That's me. <laughs> I'm that guy you see. I'm that guy that you see walking on court. You think, God, that guy looks good, and I'm not. I'm terrible. And I'm the same. I'm exactly the same with golf. All the gear. But I started playing golf, and I thought I need to get some waterproofs. And I went to. Um, I think I had a particularly good month, and I went to a golf shop, and I spent seven hundred pounds on golf waterproofs. <laughs> the most expensive, the most expensive Galvin Green waterproof suit you could buy. It was a limited edition, and the jacket was like five hundred. The trousers were three hundred, and then from then on, you know, you already get if you've ever played golf, you already get incredible peer pressure when you walk up to the tee. And you know that you'd already get people are looking at you. Somebody's waiting behind you. You've already got that when you're standing at golf, and there's that little ball on a wee stick, and you've got to hit it on the green. And people look at me walking up to that tee, and they're thinking, "He's good. <laughs> He's good. He's got all the gear." And I, and then I top it off the tee about 15 yards. <laughs> My friends will tell you that story. Uh, yes. I could have said that was a bun mistake. Definitely, I should. What I should buy? I should start buying. I definitely should start buying more discreet clothing and equipment. I should buy equipment that people say that guy looks rubbish, and that that way, if I'm half decent, that's okay. Uh, I think that's probably. I think that's the best way forward. Yeah. I think it is. one of the best stories. It's going out totally off a tangent here. I played. I was the, actually funnily enough. I was the captain of a go, of a golf club, an Ethan golf club. Um, but I was I was never very good, and I never really got any respect because, frankly, I barely knew the rules. But I'm a sales guy, I guess. So people thought, you know, maybe Martin will bring in a bit of commercial. He maybe get sponsorships and get people to put money in their pocket, out that take hands money out of their pocket and kind of spend stuff on the club and kind of blag my way. And I did. I blag my way through it anyway. So as part of the part of these golf things, Colin, you've got to. They have every year they have a captain versus captain competition right so the captains from all of the clubs come together so there's Peebles and there's Cadrona and there's Inlethan and there's various other clubs that all go and they all and the captain of each club plays against each other now normally golf captains are good golfers well I stood at the tee now you, you couldn't do this I mean imagine trying to do this I don't know if you ever played golf. So I stood at the tee and I put my tee on the ball, on the tee on the on the on the tee, my ball on the tee, and I stood at about a, a tiny par three at Leithens, about ninety yards, and I stood and I swung right at the ball, and the ball fell off the tee. It didn't. It didn't go ten yards. It didn't go twenty yards. It fell forwards off the tee. And if you know, if you know golf, it's the worst situation in the world because the person that's playing next is going to play behind you. <laughs> behind you. So he, so he was actually. So because my ball was literally, literally, I'm talking less than a foot. I mean, you couldn't do it on purpose. You couldn't try and do it. The wind must have blown off. So he had to tee up with my ball a foot in front of his. It was awful. Anyway, so that that's me on a massive tangent. But uh, how do you keep fit now, Colin? You look you look fit now. How do you keep fit? What else do you do right now? What do you do? Do you run or something, or walk, or what is it you do to keep fit? You're not going to believe this. I have you? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> have you? Because 
Because we weren't allowed to do anything else. We weren't allowed to have people in the garden or, uh, you, you know, so I've, I've been out on my bike, yes. a, you know, a few times, but I have to be honest and say it doesn't do a lot for me, you know, because you go to, you go from A to B and then you yes. go from B to A. Yes, again. I know. <laughs> and it, it just, it just doesn't I do know. a lot for me at all, you know, but I know it's good for me. When, uh, when I was, when I was allowed to do it, I used to go swimming uh, at least a couple of times a week and try and put myself through the paces. And then uh, I'd do some hand waves in the morning. And, uh, and uh, I've got uh, I've got a bit of a dodgy knee, so I, unfortunately I can't go jogging or anything like that, so yes. I stick to the bike yeah. and swimming. Golf's, uh, golf's very good. My wife uh, says it's a good walk spoil, but I like it. I like to get out. And when else do you get? It's far too hard to find. I mean, I find that, I guess... Four or five hours out of a day on a weekend, that's the whole weekend gone, isn't it? Five hours playing yeah. golf and that's the weekend away, you know. Well, it's never it's never popular with wives, that I don't think. Bill Fleming loves the golf, yeah. He's um where have you joined a club or do you just go to the council courses? No, I just do the council courses with the the two boys in the band and and another guy in another band, you know, strong yes. musicians. So we all have this common kind of bond, you know. And we can talk about anything to do with the music world, and we're Definitely. all on the same plane, you know. Uh, I have to say, the golf, is, the, the golf is not very good. Yeah, but, uh, yeah it's, it's the golf is secondary. Exactly, it's a good social thing. You can't do anything social now, so it's quite nice to get a game of golf for sure. Um, and and have you got, have you got kids, or did you have kids or that, Colin? Or? Do you have children or anything? Me? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a son, and uh, and I was married once before, so I've got a son and a daughter from my first marriage. But the son and a daughter from my first marriage stayed right. down in England, and uh, the boy uh, um, he is built exactly like me, um, and uh, he took up badminton, and sure enough, when I saw him in the court, really good quiz, you know, he. Yes. 100 miles an hour, you know, just a minute. Now, I could always, and he would always be a wee bit miffed at this because obviously I'm his dad, you know, and there's a huge disparity in the, disparity in the ages. But it's, I used to say to him, look, it's only because I've been coached and I know how to play the game <laughs> properly. And I know, you know your weaknesses, so I know exactly what to do if I want to be here, you know. I said, but if you got coached the same as me, I said, yeah, you would be every time. Do you have any aspirations? Do you, th do you think you could coach, Colin? It's You know this, it's a funny thing. I've never actually got into coaching. I think probably what put me off was all the uh, the paraphernalia that you had to do. Oh, with yeah, disclosures and all that. Make sure you... Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I know. But I really... It's kind of... I'm disappointed in myself because I really should have put something back yeah. into badminton that all the fun badminton has given me, you know. And I'm really, I'm disappointed in myself. I should have done it. Because it Colin, you're not, Colin, you're not dead yet. <laughs> you're not dead yet. You can still do that. <laughs> you can still, you can, you can definitely still do that. That's okay. I give, give a bit back and just. I think there's, from what I've learned, is that everybody has a that person. That person, all you need to be is a motivation for six months for somebody. You could bring somebody to a life of badminton, right? 
Yeah, okay, um, yeah. So, okay, yeah. I'm nearly finished with the questions now. What's your favourite event now? Are you still liking doubles? Is that your favourite? Yeah. Doubles is a favourite. I, I think when you get my age, uh, singles, is it's a bit yeah, more of attrition. Like, I still, I enjoy it, but it's, yeah, I agree with you. Um, in comp competition, I've covered that. And, okay, I'm just going to finish with this last question, which is... Um, from all of the other sports that you that you do and you've partaken in and 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 things that you've done, can it just if you could summarise just with what is it you love about badminton, particularly? What badminton is probably more explosive um, than most other sports. It's also very deceptive, um, and you're on center stage when you play it, and I like it, dear, because and it, it really suits me because because I've always played in a band, I've always been on the stage, so I've always had people looking at me, and it, it, it's not to be the great I am. But I'm just so used to people being out there on the stage being out. So when I walk on to the badminton court, it's like being on a stage. Now I know some people don't like that. If there's a big crowd watching and they go on, they get really quite nervous because I think that guy is nervous. That's <laughs> brilliant. And I'm and I'm just gonna take that to my advantage. And I know they're nervous. I know they're nervous. Uh, uh, but I suppose, I suppose, really, uh, I'm, I'm probably a bit of a show off that I, I shouldn't really <laughs> say that, but I think probably, uh, probably underneath it all, I probably am a show off, you know? I go into court and I say... It's the exhibition. Just... It's the exhibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. It's, it's an exhibition thing, thing. yeah. yeah. I, it's a bit I absolutely love that. I think, I don't know. It's it's just a, every time I open the fridge door, I start, start singing when the light goes on. You know, that's brilliant. Okay, Colin, we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much for your time on the Saturday afternoon. We started we started in the sunshine and it's dark now, so I love that conversation. I can't wait to see you face to face and uh, and see and see you on stage. And I'll I'll, I'll bring a torch. <laughs> Take care. Thank you for the afternoon.